0: out there to all the moms who have historically listened to Deja Vu. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that we're now testing out a new format and we're doing a video show. And you can find that on the Ithacan on YouTube. Uh, you can check out our website and our multimedia page and it should be floating on there somewhere. Uh, I also wanted to let you know that you can find our podcast on iTunes and Spotify because our producer has been a very busy boy and kills himself to put this podcast everywhere that it could possibly be. If you want, you can tune in again in the future and listen to us Hmm. I mean, who am I kidding? Probably hate on some movie. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Keep it up. Let us know how we're doing. It's always nice to hear. Hello and welcome to Deja View, the Ithacan's weekly review podcast. I'm your host, Jake Leary, and I am here today with staff writers Liza Gillespie and Natalie Newman. Thank you for coming on, Natalie. Thank you the for first having me. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about Star is Born today. We're going to spoil it. That's actually something I should clarify before every show. We're going to spoil everything about this movie, but this is the fourth version of it, so if you don't know by now, that's your own fault. Uh, Liza, you want to tell us a little bit about what happens in this movie? Of course.
1: OK, so A Star is Born is a romantic drama slash musical. That focuses on the careers and relationship of the two leads which are Bradley Cooper starring as Jackson Maine and Lady Gaga starring as Allie doesn't have a last name (laughs) Jackson is an established rock star with an alcohol addiction and various other uh, cocktails of mental illnesses going on and Allie is an aspiring musician who's kind of in a rut of her life and the story kind of follows her Spiral into stardom and his downward spiral out of it
0: Yes There are a lot of things I didn't know about this movie going into it. Uh, I, I read a little bit beforehand and spoiled it because you turned me into a monster who enjoys spoiling things. Listen to our <laughs> Jessica Jones podcast to understand more about that reference. No um, apologies. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that this movie wasn't about Lady Gaga. <laughs> and you think it is because the title is about her, she is the star being born, and I think in a lot of the marketing material it looks like it's about her, but it isn't her movie at all. And to the point where she doesn't have a last name until the end, and then it's her husband's name, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's like, I went into this movie, I didn't realize how dark it was going to be. Um, I think the advertising of it kind of presented it more lighthearted, as, and probably as lighthearted as the previous installments were. Um, I also thought it was gonna be more of an equal balance between the two leads, and it definitely is, like you said, more about Bradley Cooper's character. Um, but. I don't necessarily think to a fault. I think this movie is just focusing more on other parts of this story that keeps being retold. And I like, (laughs) I simultaneously find it very entertaining and emotionally like impactful and also not on board for a lot of the implications of it.
0: Yeah, and that's something we're going to talk about a little bit later, but I agree. And I think this is a really interesting thing to talk about because all three of us like this movie. I think it's safe to say all three of us like this movie a lot <laughs> but we all have issues with it and there are issues that are very present throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean Natalie what were you going into this thinking because you saw it twice and when we all saw it together you were seeing it the second time. Yeah. Is there anything else you picked up on?
2: Um, I feel like seeing it a second time was really good especially because like coming on here and talking about it the first time I saw it it was kind of like everything was happening at once. And like the story just kept going like progressing progressing and it turned into something that was about like like her career and like his career to like turning into like a codependent like Relationship and then like into addiction, but then also I thought it was really interesting like how we took like how she took her character and took a lot of her own like personal history with like the music industry and like her rise of like stardom and I was reading a lot about it before I saw the movie and like, I don't know, I really liked where she took it
0: could you tell me a little bit more about that cuz i know yeah. nothing about lady gaga okay
2: so basically um, lady gaga and her character Allie have really similar paths so lady gaga wanted to be an actress and she wanted to be a singer but she was repeatedly told over and over again that like her nose was too big which was a huge thing in the film they had that whole thing with like the <laughs> which was a recurring shot and it was beautiful and <laughs> i love lady gaga but um she like Bradley Cooper reached out to her when he wanted to make this film and he was like this character reminds me a lot of you And I feel like this is your opportunity to say what you want to and say what you want to about art And say what you want to about music and so she really took a lot of like creative liberties and helped him Like put those kind of aspects into the script which really like shaped her arc and her character
0: Yeah, and uh, that's interesting to know contextually. I think I still feel like she's the least interesting part of this movie
1: no i agree (laughs) and
0: it's a real bummer
1: yeah it really is i feel like i do like the parallelism between the behind Mm -hmm. the scenes and Mm -hmm. making of this movie and like the actual plot is really great i think she still gives an amazing performance even with Mm -hmm. even though she is kind of like the lesser significant part of this movie um and i think it does a disservice to her like acting that like we say that she's playing herself because she's she's not Mm -hmm. um and it's very clear in like numerous parts of the film but like I do think that she and Bradley Cooper, being the people that they are, make the movie. Like I know Clint Eastwood was supposed to direct and star in this movie at at one point, um, which I'm very glad he's not. (laughs) But you can kind of see those influences in Bradley Cooper and kind of like how he decides to play his character. But I think Lady Gaga really does make this movie.
0: On a performance level, everybody is there. Uh, It took me a little bit to get into Bradley Cooper and his husky (laughs) supervillain voice Um, but at the end of the day that works for the kind of character that he's trying to be Um, and I agree with you that Lady Gaga is really compelling to watch which if you had told me that there was a movie directed by Bradley Cooper and starring (laughs) Lady Gaga I would have laughed you out of the room. Um, Even watching the trailers for this I would have laughed you out of the room because there are some ridiculous clips that they pull for this because he's a ridiculous character and we'll talk about that later too. Um, But I still felt like watching this, as time went on, I just didn't care as much about what she was doing because her only real point was, okay, I couldn't make it because people thought I was unattractive and it's Lady Gaga and it's like, all right, well, (laughs) some (laughs) some of us out here are struggling. (laughs) Um, And then there's the relationship with her and her dad. And that's an Mm. interesting dynamic but I felt Mm. like there wasn't really much more that we got from her and that really, yeah. I really wanted yeah. that.
1: What, what you said about like as the film like went on, you kind of get less and less context for her or like you get more for mm-hmm. him and it really does become his movie in the second act, which I think drags <laughs> kind of in this film. Like like he's, it is two and almost two and a half hours long and it really does feel two and a half hours long, which isn't to say that like it's paced poorly, but like I think the editing and just kind of the content of the second act make it, it like it, it's long, it feels very long and it does drag but I also don't really, the time frame of this movie Mm -hmm. and the timeline is very blurry to me, (laughs) so I don't really know how much time passes throughout this entire movie, which, like, doesn't really matter, and I also don't really, (laughs) like, at the beginning of this, I also didn't know what time period it was supposed to be (laughs) involved in if it weren't for Halsey giving her that (laughs) (laughs) Grammy in the middle of this movie. It could have been, like, the early 90s, could have been the mid-80s, could have been the early 2000s, um, which I think kind of speaks to the, like reason that the story is being retold over and over again, because it is a very old story.
0: Yeah, and as a side effect of that, it also is fairly timeless. Yeah. Um, And it's changed over the years. The first two versions of this were about movies, and then this Mm -hmm. one is about, and the last one were about music. Yeah. Um, And they still work and they still hold up, but it's a bloated story. I know that you have a problem with this cuz I do too. There's a point where Dave Chappelle shows up. <laughs> and and I really mean that, he walks like he walks out of some foliage and he's just there. <laughs> he appears. I don't know who he is. After watching that movie, I do not understand who he is.
2: Okay, so <laughs> watching it for the second time, I was really trying to pay attention to how his character was introduced because he there's no context for his introduction it's just Bradley Cooper passed out in a front lawn <laughs> and the first <laughs> time I watched it I was like oh this is just some random person's lawn that he's in but I'm um, watching it the second time from what context I could pick up I think it's supposed to be Bradley Cooper's character's childhood best mm-hmm. friend because he makes a parallel between like seeing um, um, Dave Chappelle's son in the window and he's like that's how old we were when we met and then like they go inside and they have this huge breakfast, and then he proposes
1: to <laughs> Lady Gaga.
0: With a ring made out of a guitar string. Okay,
1: that was cute. I really liked that. It was cute after, you know, what's yeah. going to happen. Before it was going to happen, I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> what is happening in this moment? And yeah, I didn't know who Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. was, having seen it only once. Um, st- he did a good job. Like, mm-hmm. I love Dave Chappelle in dramatic roles. I'm yeah. here for it, but uh, I really didn't know why we were there for most of that scene.
0: <laughs> no. No, I, I mean, there are a lot of things in this movie that work well in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about them a little bit more, it's very confusing. I didn't know who Sam Elliott was supposed to be for a long yeah, time. Because
1: he's, he's, okay, Sam Elliott is 74. S- and <laughs> Sam Elliott
0: is, like, an aged cowboy.
1: Yeah, and like, supposed to that. play Bradley Cooper's, like, albeit, like, older brother. But, like, he could play his dad very easily, yeah. 30 years older I than him. I think that was um, Purpose. Yeah, funny. I remember. Like, so because he's yeah. supposed yeah. to mirror, like,
2: there's supposed to be that whole thing where it's, like, um, Bradley Cooper's character is, like, having issues with, like, his mm-hmm. relationship with his father. Right, Because yeah. they were both alcoholics, and he doesn't really quite know how to process that. And it's, like, his brother was the only one who's really there for him, but he has trouble swallowing that reality. And the age difference just kind of adds to that because um, Sam Elliott's character is, like, the same age that his dad was when he died. And so... It's mm-hmm. yeah, I think that was what they were trying to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's definitely a parallel they're making. And that's the whole driving force of their arc. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think throughout it. Because when you get sad Sam Elliott in the last scene that he's in with Bradley Cooper, it's Bradley Cooper saying, You were the inspiration to me, not my dad. And yeah. then Ugh. Sam Elliott backs the car around and he turns around and he's crying and it's very emotional. That was
1: the moment that I almost started crying. One of the few that I almost started crying in.
0: That was mm-hmm. the moment I started crying uh, and then continued to cry for the rest <laughs> of the movie, which is like <laughs> another 40 minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. Because from that point on, it's Bradley Cooper committing suicide, mm-hmm. which they set up hours and hours before. Oh,
1: b- they foreshadow it so much. They really <sighs> do. This, this movie's not subtle. No,
0: there's a point where right before Bradley Cooper goes into the bar where he meets Allie for the first time, he's driving past a gigantic neon billboard that just has three nooses on it yeah which eventually is how he commits suicide later in the Mm -hmm. film Um, and there's a difference between foreshadowing and just saying look (laughs) like we're not trying to mislead you this is just what's happening um in a way that's kind of silly and still works Uh, that's the thing that confuses me about this movie to no end is there are moments that are silly like him turning around like him rolling down the car window and telling lady gaga i just want to look at you again uh, which is goofy and goofy every time it happens. Um, and that weird bit of foreshadowing and Dave Chappelle being here, like all of those things don't work. But I left <laughs> rattled <laughs> and there's so upset.
2: Many, there's so many parts of this movie that are just so on the nose. Like when when Lady Gaga's character goes on that stage at the SNL like mm-hmm. performance and she's singing a pop song that she wrote where she literally says, like, this is not like me, like, this is not <laughs> who I am. And it's just so...
1: Like, I don't know, it's almost grossly over. Yeah, (laughs) but I don't go to this movie for nuance. (laughs) Like, I went for entertainment and I was entertained. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just when you start to unpack everything is where you start kind of being like, oh, hmm. But like, I did enjoy myself throughout this entire film.
0: Yeah, it's usually when you talk about a movie and say, these things didn't make sense but I still enjoyed it, you think of a movie that's very happy and upbeat and makes you feel good. And it's very rare, I think, for a movie to be so emotionally devastating and also so either illogical or just bad at portraying certain things. I mean, um,
2: Alec Baldwin played himself for a hot second there.
0: Well, you've got to capture the celebrity of the time, Natalie. I
2: mean, yeah, I guess, <laughs> but I didn't <laughs> Alec understand. <Baldwin>. Yeah, he <laughs> the represents celebrity the time. Yeah, he
0: represents the Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely wants to be of now. Think. I think it's trying to have a lot of conversations about the way the world is now and about relationships and about power dynamics um, and then about like addiction and mental illness. I just don't know if it does any of those particularly well. And when I look back at this movie, I'm going to think, oh, this is the sad musical and not, oh, this is the thing that talked about all of these pressing social issues. Right. Yeah,
2: I feel like it's interesting because I feel like this movie definitely opened up the conversation about it But they didn't do anything to drive it towards a conclusion or even drive it towards any kind of Revelation or like thesis statement about it. They were just kind of like this is a reality like here. It is
1: Yeah, they, they start a lot of conversations and statement making in The sec the first and second act and then the third act which is very very brief mm-hmm. um, They don't necessarily tie up any of those which I think is why I came out of it kind of being like oh I really liked that but like parts but like it leaves a weird feeling in your stomach you don't really know why until you have to like think it through which I think is because of the ending
0: uh, yeah um, I- I- it's a movie that doesn't stand up to like deeper investigation yeah in in any sense that's possible um, and again we're going to talk about that in a minute so I'm going to like <laughs> not subtly <laughs> at all steer you away from that for now um, and just hop on the music train for a second because we haven't talked about it and I want to make sure we do, Um, which is both very good Mm -hmm. and also very not subtle (laughs) besides the one Lady Gaga song um, on SNL. (laughs) But there's, there's Shallow, which is the big one that, Natalie has been.
2: I, I want to sing it right now, but I was instructed not to. So <laughs> I'll, I'll Listen,
0: you can. We've got one minute left for this segment. If you want to <laughs> sing one minute of Shallow and then we roll into some more serious <laughs> topics, you're welcome to. But
2: I feel like I can't give Lady Gaga that justice
1: that she deserves in that no. riff. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> she's the only one who can. <laughs> she's the only one who can do it. Yeah. Also, before we leave this segment, I just want to say that Bradley Cooper's dog is my favorite actor in this film.
0: Uh, the, the peak of tragedy. when when Bradley Cooper hangs himself in his garage and the dog is outside trying to get in.
2: That poor dog, that's his real dog. He probably thought something was wrong. Uh,
0: Natalie, I didn't think you could make that scene any sadder for me, but you really did. Wow, I'm bummed out. And we're just going to talk about all of the bummers that are in this movie, um, both in terms of content and in terms of, mm, I don't know if you can call it subtext, in terms of text, (laughs) that's just there. I'm going to go and talk about the relationship, which we've somehow managed to avoid, so good on us. That's what's coming (laughs) now. We uh, inelegantly danced around in the first (laughs) section, which is the relationship at the heart of this movie um, and why it's kind of weird and upsetting to think about. And then Bradley Cooper's character, who is equally weird and upsetting to think about, uh, but in a way more complex way. Yes. So you want to start us off by telling us why?
1: So um, as we've talked about, this movie deals with a lot of serious subjects, <laughs> which some of which being addiction, mental illness, um, toxic relationships, which I think it doesn't necessarily know that it's dealing with, but mm-hmm. it is, and um, drug use, alcoholism. You got all of these things happening all at once, and I think Bradley Cooper um, like did a really good job of like making sure that we knew that he knows that these are serious subjects. Um, he definitely dealt with addiction in a various like. Sensitive and serious manner. And I think by focusing more on that, he kind of think, thought less about the implications mm-hmm. of what those things would do for the relationship in this movie, which is kind of unhealthy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a relationship that starts with stalking. More yeah. or less.
1: It starts with Bradley Cooper not taking no for an answer of like of for like five different times. Um, it starts with him asking her for drinks to which she says, oh, no. And then he's like, oh, wait. And then sending his driver to wait at her house to which she says, oh, no.
0: And, and before <laughs> that saying, hey, can I touch your nose? And her going, no. And him being yeah.
1: like. <laughs> <laughs> kind of at every moment him mm-hmm. just not like listening to her.
0: <laughs> uh, reaching a peak um, during the first scene where she performs yes. when he... Sends the driver to get her, she eventually gets in and quits her job, more or less, um, goes out to meet him, and he walks backstage and says to her, hey, I'm going to play that song you wrote, uh, and she goes, no, I can't do that, and he goes, I'm going to do it anyway, oh well, mm-hmm. and walks out and starts singing it, yeah. and then eventually she does too, and it's really, it's really difficult because it's a great moment for her, mm-hmm. but the second you think about it, it's really uncomfortable because it's just yeah. a continuation of him refusing to take yeah. no for an answer. Um, and it never becomes explicitly toxic but it's that pursuit as romance trope that's Mm -hmm. real bad to look at especially Mm -hmm. now
1: yeah I think like it's a shame because most of these issues come about because of his character and like we had said he got like a lot more context in this movie than he's gotten in previous versions and we like Established very early on that he has an addiction issue and past mental illness issues and It's sad because I really like his character But he does some kind of crappy things and I think both of those can kind of exist simultaneously but like there's parts of this movie that feel very unhealthy to the point where it kind of like Like eclipses my enjoyment of what's happening? I
2: actually think it does become pretty explicitly toxic, especially (laughs) in the second half because while I feel like they do a really good and like sensitive and realistic job of depicting addiction, I feel like they also hand in hand like depict a really codependent, unhealthy relationship at some points, especially when um, they get w- like in the second half of the movie it gets to the point where it's like Ali's being recruited by different managers mm-hmm. And she's trying to talk to him about it But he is too drunk to even realize it and he's like falling over but they kind of laugh it off But it's also very unhealthy because it's like she's trying to branch out and he's not respecting that or not wanting that for her So it's kind of that like tug-of-war in terms of power But it's also it shows a lot about like how addiction can affect a relationship and how she's kind of taking on that like caretaker role for him without even realizing it and she thinks it's healthy for both of them and They can't really live without each other to a certain degree, which is very unhealthy
0: Until the end where she explicitly Can and has to which is another really uncomfortable statement because this movie ends with the idea that Because Bradley Cooper has this disease he can't exist Mm -hmm. at the same time as she exists. Uh, successfully like his existence costs her that so he has to kill himself and has to commit suicide
1: it's it's a weird part of the like previous tellings of this movie that I think didn't get kind of like like I know Bradley Cooper did a lot to kind of like modernize most of these story most of the story But like that part the idea that a woman's like success is like inherently linked to like a man's tragedy I don't think he did really anything with which is kind of the thesis of this movie indirectly or directly um, And it's a shame because like his character while simultaneously being like entertaining and like they do a lot to show you that like disease that the addiction is a disease and that like it's not his fault Um, But in the end, they don't really do anything to tell you about like like it is a tragedy of a movie and (laughs) The ending doesn't really like give you anything else that the second half didn't it just ends with this is sad And she can't do anything about it because he's gone
0: yeah, and it I Think something that's that's hard for me to look at with this movie is You're right like it's it's forgiving and understanding as it should be but it also refuses to hold him accountable for anything it yeah. goes way too far in the extreme where the only time somebody says listen like you can't keep doing this is when um, Ally's new manager comes to him and does it in a way where by holding him accountable he's like he says to Bradley Cooper your life is ruining hers stop um, Which is a really uncomfortable message to receive where if you are suffering from a disease your only option is to completely stop which isn't possible and how that works or to end your life and like that's the message that i see in this movie is this weird gray area between those two things that isn't addressed and is just there like you said earlier natalie
2: yeah i feel like something that really just irked me throughout the whole film was that i wasn't sure if The movie was self-aware or not throughout it because I feel like they did a really good job of like showing how in the beginning We were like oh, it's cute. He's drunk and like he wants her to sing But then it turned into like oh, he's on the stage of the Grammys And he is like about to die and like he's embarrassing her and like it's not really cute to be drunk all the time And like have an addiction, but I don't know at other points. It was really kind of Unclear whether or not they were trying to say that like it was his fault or like it was they really antagonized the manager i feel like which is a trope but it's also like showing that like i don't know he, it's hit, it, they were kind of un- inadvertently saying that it was the manager's fault that bradley mm-hmm. cooper died but then they also were saying that it was no one but his character's fault so i was just really confused at what the message was or like if they even understood what they were trying to say about addiction yeah
0: yeah and not everything needs to come to a conclusion But I really like the way you put it before, where you said they have all of these ideas and they just throw them out on the table and let them roll around and you're left to piece it together in a way that is uncomfortable and not the kind of uncomfortable that this should be.
2: And that's why the resolution is so unsatisfying. Like when it ended, it felt really jarring and abrupt and like I wanted more from what the story was, going to be in my head. Like, it just kind of ended where it was like we're supposed to be like, oh, Lady Gaga is the star that's born. But it kind of left me feeling like, what is she being born into? Like, what does this mean for her, for her journey, for the career she's trying to pursue? I just didn't understand.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the movie has a very interesting take on the music industry that she eventually wanders into. Um, And and that's something that we're going to break out into its own thing and hopefully end on a slightly lighter note and talk about that. All right, we're going to wrap up this show by talking about this movie as a music movie uh, and how it portrays the music industry, which is something that you've been dying to talk about this entire time, Liza.
1: Yeah, so, like, <laughs> I am a huge fan of music industry movies. Um, I think a lot of them, like, Almost Famous is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I think it portrays the music industry in a very interesting and like entertaining way and I think this movie also does that but it also succumbs to my least favorite like trope which is anti-pop and like a like evil manager type in the music (laughs) industry and I think it does both of those things in a very ironic way because Lady Gaga (laughs) is a very authentic pop star and this movie is kind of telling you that that can't happen that it's impossible for that to happen
0: so, and just to be clear, the second act of this movie, when Lady Gaga really starts becoming her character, mm-hmm. um, she becomes more poppy and more right. produced and yeah over the top, um, eventually leading to that SNL scene that we were talking about earlier in the show. And Bradley Cooper's character, the entire time, watches her from a distance and glowers and like, shakes his head in disappointment, um, which is the least subtle way of saying, this is bad and not where the music industry should be going.
1: Yeah, which is a shame because, <laughs> like I said, this movie has a lot of great musical elements to it. I love the music in this movie, and I think it really shows that Gaga and Cooper were very, like, involved with the production and the writing of these songs because it feels like those moments had the ability to make or break this movie. If, like, the concert scenes and the musical numbers, like, fell flat, like, this whole m- none of this movie would have worked. But a lot of, like, the, like, subtext and, like, actual text of this movie is that, Lady Gaga's character is selling out by becoming a pop star which is like kind of confusing because (laughs) Lady Gaga is a very authentic pop star and so I just didn't like that to me was kind of distracting as a concept and felt like very dated and tired
0: and even on a character level like not even who she is Mm -hmm. she's succeeding and this is about her becoming successful right and by the time the movie is over it doesn't seem like she went through this arc of genuine star to Fake pop star to like somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. It feels like she just keeps going. Eventually, becomes a pop star, and then the movie shrugs its shoulders and ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know where it's trying to lead us. By the time you know she's up there on the stage singing about her husband.
2: I mean, like I think visually they're trying to make a statement because she went from having the same color hair as Bradley Cooper that she says in the beginning. She's like, my hair looks just like yours, and then they <laughs> sing together, and it's supposed to be very like authentic, and this is supposed to be like the peak in his. Um, Like musical realization like he's like I haven't sung like this before and like forever and she's like oh I'll help you write all these songs and then she goes to like orange hair that she rocks by the way But it's like (laughs) she looks like not like she does when she was on tour with um, Jackson, Maine and then um, at the end when she's singing um, she actually dyes her hair back to brown Which I think she was supposed to make a statement, but I think it all kind of goes back to um like the thesis that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga said that they set out for the film, which they actually say a lot in the movie in the beginning and in the middle, which is that like artists only have their voice and it's about how they use it and how they, like what they want to say and how long they can say it for. Because, I mean, I feel like um, Jackson's arc throughout the story is that he is running out of time to use his voice and that Allie is just starting to be able to use, use, her, use hers, but she's not able to say what she wants to say. But it also kind of coincides with what Liza was saying about how pop music can't be authentic, but that's just not true. I know,
1: which is a shame too, because you have Lady Gaga singing all these like good pop songs towards the end and like a really bad, purposefully bad pop song. But like the rest of the music in this movie is very authentic, but like so good pop songs, they could still be authentic too.
0: And it's weird thinking about how true this movie is to her. Yeah, which we talked about earlier. Where th- if this movie is supposed to be the Lady Gaga story to some extent, not one hundred percent, it's weird that there's this huge disconnect between who she is and what this movie is trying to say about right. who she is. Yeah. Where um, by the end it's like a mini takedown of her, which is odd. Um, and, and jumping back to like the music itself, which we talked about earlier, I'm going to talk about now it is remarkable how well it works, mm-hmm. even if it isn't the most subtle thing on the planet. Like, those scenes where they're singing together are really effective and like you're engaged and you wanna see how, how they're going to work together and see how things are produced, which is incredible to me. This is just a personal take where I don't care about music, more or less at all, sorry. Um, so it's, it's significant if a movie can engage me with music and nothing else.
1: Yeah, like the concert scenes and the scenes where they're all like singing, I think, like I said, had the ability to make or break this movie. And I think a lot of previous, like movies that deal with like the music industry and concerts and stuff kind of tend to fall flat for me. Because it's it's hard to capture that like energy of being at a concert and like seeing someone perform. But I think like this movie with like the cinematography, like the very intimate shots and the way they like film a lot of like the singing moments, like I think it worked amazingly well.
0: Yeah, and that is part of the reason why we can come out of this movie that has all of these problems and say, you know what, I like that. That was pretty (laughs) good Um, and kind of forget about some of the more troubling parts of it, Um, which again is is a remarkable feat unto its own and and something that's very interesting to talk about and I personally enjoyed a lot. Uh, (laughs) With that, we're going to wrap this up. This has been a hefty episode. (laughs) Uh, It's been a long episode even though they're all timed exactly to 30 minutes. Thank (laughs) you guys for being on. Is there anything you want to plug before I send you on your way?
2: Um, yeah, we both actually co-host a podcast called Telebuddies. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Telebuddies Show. Um, we highlight different um, TV shows and the friendships on those TV shows and how they develop and shape the overall show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and who are you guys?
2: Oh, I'm Natalie Newman, and I'm Liza Gillespie,
0: and I'm your host Jake Leary. Thank you for watching.
1: Oh,